and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Welcome, dear friend. Welcome to our roundtable. This is Connected. We are interconnected. Thank you for joining us. We are a table of friends and we're all interconnected. We are connected here to create an awareness of the family that we truly are. Hi, everybody. I'm KJ. I've met some of you before. I've hung out with Fawn and Matt on a couple of occasions and it was probably the most fun of my life. <laughs> and so I'm so pleased to be here today um, chatting with our friends at this round table. The discussions that we can come up with when we're not hitting record are fantastic. So it's pretty wonderful that we're hitting record and letting folks in to the fun that we're having. So a little about me, I'm a licensed psychotherapist and I have had a lifelong obsession with a couple of things, one of them being words and definitions and another being cheese. And so we could talk about cheese and words at length at another time, possibly. <laughs> Cheesy uh, words. Grilled, grilled cheese sandwiches. That's right. That's right. I have perfect. Uh, well, I'll be so bold to say that I've gotten very, very good at making grilled cheese sandwiches. And so we can definitely chat about that. Comfort food. Uh, yeah. So in my, in my, in my spare time, <laughs> spare time. <laughs> okay. So in my spare time, I, I do a podcast called Stories of Astonishing Light. And that is a space a lot like this in which I exchange stories with healers and artists and musicians and visionaries about the stories that we know, the stories that are about us, the stories that we see. We're so happy to have you, all of you. And I think it's going to be like musical chairs because there's a group of us, a group of friends, and we're here as family, your family, our friends listening, you are our family. And I'm so excited. And I say musical chairs because there are some other people that want to come talk with us and have a seat at our round table. So stay tuned, folks, because every week we're going to have even more amazingness coming up. Well, I don't know how I follow that, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, between KJ and Fawn and Matt, they're all just amazing people. My name's Brooke Forrest, and I'm a certified wedding planner. But more than that, I've come to realize that I needed to find a way to give back to our community. And I felt like this was one of the most amazing ways to do that because my podcast, Cheers to You, with Brooke Boris brought me to Matt and Fawn. It brought me to realize how many different people there are in the world and how many different ways that we impact those people every day. So I am so excited to be part of this group with all of these amazing people. I'm looking forward to being part of this family. Thank you, guys. You are totally part of this family. And Brooke, by the way, you are on the road right now. So Brooke sounds a little bit different than usual. Can I just say, everyone's sitting here at our kitchen table, even though we're all in different parts of the planet, 
But Brooke, you look like you're uh, flying an airplane right now <laughs> with the aviator glasses and the headphones. See, and then <laughs> I was going helicopter, actually, but it's like spinning really quickly or something. I don't you know. look so badass, like Top Gun, yeah. like it's <laughs> <very> sexy. <laughs> Thank you. I really wish it was that reason, but it was because it was so, the sun is so blinding. I couldn't see if I didn't put them on. And then the earphones is because I was afraid of like having all the background noise. So thank you. I'll take those compliments. I appreciate super, that. Super <laughs> sexy, Brooke. I love it. Thank you. And you all have heard our next, actually, yeah, you have. Paul. Hello, my darlings. There you go. Oh my God! Talk about sexy. <laughs> sorry, man. Hey, hey, hey. I'm sorry. It's the accent. <laughs> it is isn't and it? the voice. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm um, blushing. I'm, I'm sweating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Paul. Um, I'm the only non-podcaster here. I think who has my own podcast channel. So it's 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 lovely to be a part of the family. I'm quite random how I became part of the family. But um, what we're going to be chatting about is stuff that really connects to my everyday life. Um, how, I mean, I'm a, I'm a recovering addict and alcoholic, so the stuff that we talk about, I really go into anyway um, every day, into like self-love, self-growth, all of that kind of stuff. But my main thing is I'm a meditation um, teacher and facilitator and I'm a personal trainer and nutritionist and you can find that info at www.meetyourmindonline.com and then I'm also a musician and I love to play kind of like indie flamenco I'd call it but yeah music is where my, my true heart lies sort of thing lovely to be here lovely to see you all love you Paul Love you too. And our beautiful goddess priestess here, Beth Hewitt. Oh, thank you, Paul. It's so lovely to be here and connected with so many of my friends and new friends and the, the new listeners. And um, I'm not sure if I sound as sexy as Paul, but. Uh, you do sound uh, sexy. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Call me darling and I'll swoon all over again. I'm, I'm actually not allowed to comment on any of that, so I won't. <laughs> You're allowed. He's a very smart man. He is a very smart man. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so my name's Beth Hewitt, and I, I live in the UK as well. I live in a little village called Liversidge, which if you blink, you'll you'll kind of miss it. It's that small. And I suppose I've always been on this lifelong journey to find out where I fit into the world. I always felt very different. I always felt very spiritual and didn't understand why we went to school and then we got a job and then we got married and we had that did that didn't make any sense to me and so I've always been fascinated about other people's experiences and how they change direction and pivot and how they end up doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing so today I'm a, I'm a spiritual and performance coach and I've given up my corporate nine to five uh, where I used to I used to work with lots of <laughs> cages doing the whole Yay! I used to help businesses. I still help businesses, but I used to help them to grow digitally and manage lots of different business support programs. But now I work on the stuff that I really love, which is helping people find that thing that they're supposed to be doing in the world. My podcast is called Visualize You, and that's because I'm really interested in visualization and uh, the law of attraction and affirmations and just getting 
really clear on that vision of what you're trying to create in the world. I love to tell the stories of people that have pivoted on, on the show and you can find me at visualiseyou.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I'm just so grateful to be here and having this conversation with you all and how we're all connected and how all, all our divine dots are all connected in some way and lead us to the path that we're all on. I love you all so much. You guys, everybody's kind of muted. Don't worry about muting yourselves. Except for Brooke, because the car sound. Because <laughs> the helicopter is quite loud. <laughs> okay. It is tough being a badass pilot, so, you know. <laughs> There's a reason why we're all together. And with every episode, it'll become more clear. I'll just leave it at that. Today, you guys, I want to talk about how we greet each other. And I want to thank a person named Chris Oh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name or her name. Uh, Chris Cioli or Cioli, C-I-O-L-L-I, a writer for Afar. I have traveled around the planet a few times since I was born, and I've always been really astonished by how we behave and how we connect to one another and how we greet each other. I was reading an article written by Chris and it was perfect because I was trying to r recall from my own experience all the different ways that I've been greeted by people and I was thinking about how I greet people. I was thinking about how over the past few years the greetings have changed. So listen to this. In Tibet, I'm sure we all know, you stick out your tongue to say hello. Do you guys know where that actually comes from? Can I tell you? It, it began with these monks and to show that they were not the reincarnation of this cruel, evil king that they had from the ninth century who was known to have a black tongue. So the monks would stick out their tongue to show that they were cool, right? <laughs> like, not evil, not evil. <laughs> Um, so that's how you say hello in Tibet. You stick out your tongue. Bumping noses from Qatar, Yemen, Oman, the United Arab Emirates. 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 They bump noses. We have air kisses on the cheek. France, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Latin America, Ukraine, and Quebec and Canada. And th there are all these different ways to say hello. And of course, within each of these hellos, there are protocols to follow. I'm not really going to get into that. I just want to do a quick generalization. So we also have air kisses on the cheek in France, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Latin America. Did I already say you that? You already said that. I already said that. Okay. So hey. then we go to... Good information. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. So then we have rubbing noses and sometimes foreheads which is called sharing of breath why are you looking over my shoulder i want to make sure you're going over new stuff so rubbing noses that's in new zealand <laughs> i got you kj we of course there's a greeting where we shake hands can you stop looking at me matt i'm not looking at you you're bothering me stop it <laughs> <laughs> So we shake hands in Botswana, China, Germany, Zambia, Rwanda, the Middle East, I guess here in the United States too. 
And of course, you know, this is pre-COVID, but who cares? I mean, COVID will be over, hopefully, soon. Anyway, do you know another greeting is to clap hands? Which is funny because I didn't know this, but on my own, like when I get excited about seeing someone, I do like a yay, you know, but that's a deal. That's the clapping of hands in Zimbabwe and Mozambique. So here's how they do it. It's really interesting. So the clapping of hands happens after you shake hands. And so comes after a shake and it's like a call and answer style, a call and answer style. The first person claps once and the second person twice in response. So Matt, yes. hi, I'm going to shake your hand. Shakey shake. And then you clap once and go, isn't that cool? I love that. Anyway, so that's Zimbabwe and Mozambique. Then there's also a greeting where you put your hand on your heart in Malaysia. Depending on people and situations, of course, you take the opposite person's hand lightly in yours. Then you release the person's hand and bring your own hands to your chest and nod slightly to symbolize goodwill and an open heart. Then there's also the greeting where we bow. That's mostly in Cambodia, India, Nepal, Laos, Thailand, and Japan. There's another greeting where we sniff faces. That's in Greenland. I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Is it ta Tavulu? It's Oceania, basically. It's pressing cheeks together and taking a deep breath. So you're rubbing cheeks and you take a deep breath in. Then, of course, the greeting of where you pay major respect to your elders. And that's in a lot of countries. You always greet your elders first. In India, we touch their feet. In Liberia and parts of Nigeria, young people drop to one knee or both knees to honor their elders. This brings me to now. Walking around, I mean, especially in the United States, you guys, we have our round table from people around the world, but I want to generalize and say, I've always noticed, and it's always really upset me when people are like, hi, how are you? Because I, over the years, noticed, wow, they really didn't care about how I was, or they looked really annoyed because I was like, Oh, well, you know, I, I told them a feeling I was having like, wow, I'm just taking up their day. They it, it, it's just really it, it's not a sincere question. Right. It's not OK. It's mean. I don't like it. So why are you even asking me? Mm -hmm. You know, please, can we come up with something else? And then on the other side of it was you ask someone, how are you? And, you know, they're going through stuff and they're like, fine. And so that happened for years. Matt, uh, you and I came across what fine actually means. When people say fine, you know, we started to think this. And then we actually saw it in a movie. Fine, F-I-N-E, actually stands for freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. So ever since we saw that in the movie, Matt and I, like, if one of us says fine, we're like, oh, shoot. 
uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's bad news if someone says fine. Well, it, well, honestly, I saw that it depends. Same movie. It depends on the tone. Like if somebody's like, "Hey, how you doing?" Fine. Ooh. No, you also hear people say fine. Well, yeah, but there's that lingering longing at the end. I don't know. There are all kinds of ways, and no one is sincere about it, and that's got to stop. Let's talk about this. How can we change this? How can we change this? Who should go first? Who wants to go first? I don't even know what to say other than much like the busy, which is a four-letter F-U word that I don't like, busy. Fine is another one that really pisses me off. And how are you? When, where I know good and well, you, you, the person couldn't care less. So let's change that. Because I've noticed ever since we started talking about the word busy and how it's a four-letter word, whoever talks to us that has listened to our podcast uh, will not use that word. And if they trip and say it by accident, they profusely apologize for saying <laughs> busy. So maybe we can change fine. And how are you? That's where, you know, like if they're saying sorry when they're saying busy, they got a guilty conscience. If they're just saying they're busy, I'll see you later, and they've got no guilty conscience about it, they're probably all right. And then if if you're, like, you know, offended, then maybe it's, like, your thing, being offended. But, yeah, if there's guilty conscience behind it, then there's something dodgy going on in there. Well, it's always dodgy. Like, busy? Like, I'm busy. Well, okay. But if you're more humane about it or human about it, you can say, I was washing the dishes all day long. Or I have, you know, I'm doing laundry or I just don't want to go. I don't want to go to where I don't. I, instead of saying I'm busy, it's just like a blanket statement. Like I'm not even going to give you the courtesy of um, letting you know about my life. I'm just busy. Here's a wall. I'm busy. As opposed to I need the whole day to chill. I need the whole day to ground myself. Anyone yeah, doubt? but then you're inviting more conversation and the person just wants to cut it off. Well, then... It might be also like justification as well, where mm -hmm. you don't need to justify yourself. And maybe like if you don't know the person that well, then maybe you feel like you might have to. But if, especially if it's a friend, you just tell them you're busy, I'll chat to you in a bit. And hopefully that friend will just be like, won't take it to heart at all. But it's... It's also like, I think, how you say stuff, you know, if, if you do say like, it's like how you say I'm busy. If you're like, sorry, darling, I'm busy. I'll, I'll see you later. Um, then you know it's what? okay. But if you're just like, I'm busy, <laughs> I ain't speaking to you, right? Then it's like. Paul, you can say slap. anything to me and say busy hey. all day long and I'll be like, okay, hey. Paul, okay. No, but no, but honestly, you can say, I can't do it. And that's it. You know, I just I just want busy to kind of not be used as much because you can still say, you know, in two short words or three short words, I don't want to explain, but I'm doing something else or I, I'm not into it and be gracious about it instead of just one word busy. And, you know, I mean, it's our, a, words are, uh, our words are really powerful, though. I think sometimes we say we're busy and it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So we, we become even more busy you know well we say we haven't got enough time so we yeah. don't have enough time and we do have plenty of time exactly uh -huh. beth it's like yeah it, it becomes this like uh scratchy gray gross like 
chaotic like you know those old cartoons where the person's head had the scratchy um pencil draw like like it's just a scratchy messy busy like pencil drawing do you know what i'm talking about i have absolutely no idea you don't know what i'm talking <laughs> no. about I don't. You know, it's like a cloud. <laughs> that stands with me. Wait, nobody does? Okay, so there's a drawing and there's like, instead of a cloud, like it's like a cloud over someone's head, but it's like if you take a pencil and just scratch all the graphite on the piece of paper, it's like, all right, okay. it's yeah. like a messy, like gray, like, like it's confusion and chaotic. And um, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it, it's the same that same vibe is happening when we see one another and we greet each other by hi how are you it's it's just really paying attention to how words are actually affecting us and in paul's case i mean he comes from a magical area and everything is so beautiful and people are lovely same with you beth over there but like, I just feel like, I don't know, is it just me? Am I the only one who feels this way? Like, things are so busy and people are so wrapped up in chaos that it, it's just a sound that you make, is it? To say, hi, how are you? Uh, yeah, it's, I think what happens, Fawn, is like when we, when we start doing things and we get overwhelmed ourselves, it's an easier way to say, I'm busy. Like, it's, it is hard harsh and I for Christmas got a trinket and it said I'm so busy and someone gave it to me because they thought it was cute and I went oh no that's how I sound I sound that way like I don't want people to think I'm just too busy or maybe like Beth was just saying like I'm, I'm too important like that's not what I want it to come off as so now it's funny I joke with my kids and I'll hold it up when I'm on a, a like a podcast recording or something and I'll go I'm so busy, like, but it makes them laugh because <laughs> it turned into like a joke. So now instead of saying that I'm more cautious, but I will say this, it wasn't until I had conversations with different people outside my own culture and my own area that I recognized how things sounded because in my world, it's easy to say, how are you? Fine. Good. How? Like it's, it's the way you greet. Like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, I actually am one that has always hated that word and I hate content. I think if someone's fine or content, they're in hell. Now, I know that that's not true. <laughs> I know people look at that differently, but for me, especially doing what I do, I don't want to walk into a wedding and have someone say to me, I'm fine. No, no, you're great. This is your wedding day. You're happy. You're excited. Like it's, it's the same way. Like people get into the same routine and it's not even an intentional thing in their minds. It's just the way of their world. And until you look outside of that, which a lot of people, they don't do for whatever reason, there's a million. But when someone pointed out to me, now I say, oh, I have a very full day today. Like, and I make a joke because like, I'll, I promise I'll call you back when, you know, I can give you some like some focus, like I can focus on what you're talking about or, but it never was like that for me until I started to recognize all the different things that people share with each other. And now I pay closer attention, but when you're wrapped up in your day-to-day -day world, sometimes it's just easier for people to not have to 
take on another thing because it seems grand instead of recognizing it could be one tweak of a word and it makes someone else's day feel better. Brooke, that was so beautifully put. And it it reminds me of what I wanted to say is that we can not even say anything. We can, it can just be looking into each other's eyes and like taking a look at what other countries do, like just putting your hand on your heart. And if the person, if it will not be misconstrued, if you could gently take their hand for a split second, let go and then hold your heart, you're not saying anything, but you're saying so much. And there's pure love and compassion and a healing, dare I say, a healing that can happen in a second. And we didn't have to use any words. And we are all seen and heard by just a gesture or a glance. Like, and then I I did something the past week. We've had to talk to a lot of people recently because of the podcast. Before we start, people will say, hi, how are you? Before we start recording, I'm like, oh my God. And I decided to try something out because I had this crazy headache that lasted a week and it was starting to freak me out. I was really getting scared. Like, what is happening? And most of the people that we had meetings with with this week were fellow podcasters. And two of them said it exactly the same way. Hi, how are you? I'm like, you know what, Kevin? Um, I have this really bad headache. I I know we're about to start our meeting, but actually I've had a crazy headache. Do you get headaches? Like, is it a podcaster's thing? And I caught them off guard, but immediately I could see their face change and it softened. And I remember uh, the first person I talked to was Kevin and he leaned into the camera a little bit, like half an inch to say, it's a podcaster thing. He goes, do you wear this kind of headphone? And I'm like, why? Yes, I do. He's like, that's the problem. And then the, and then I said it again when we had a different meeting with our friend Matthew from CosePods, by the way, shout out to CosePods and shout out to Kevin from Grow the Show. But uh, I was talking to Matthew and he said we were both doing PodFest, like we were part of PodFest. And I said, you know, I was joking. I'm like, I blame PodFest because I was listening with headphones on for two weeks straight from six in the morning until seven at night. He's like, yeah, you can't do that. You can't, you cannot, as podcasters, we cannot like to be listening like that and something over your ear, that'll do it to you. And, you know, I didn't say fine. And I know they were asking me like, Hey, hi, how are you expecting? Yeah, fine. Let's go. Like, let's start pressing buttons and get on with the show. But it created, I think, I know from my side, I, I felt love from them. I felt like they got to know me better and I got to know them better because they showed a part of their lives and a part of their expertise that I normally wouldn't have seen. Like they showed compassion and it literally took five seconds, six seconds of time, you know? Yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I have to say that, uh, yeah, at work, starting a new project, blah, 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 blah. But you know, I come into it with what I call belligerent ignorance. So I actually come into it and I say, I don't know how to do something like, but as a techie, you're never supposed to say that because you're supposed to know all, but you can't know it all. 
And so being, I call it belligerent because, you know, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not being sheepish. I'm saying, hey, help me figure this out because it's usually client-specific knowledge that there's no way I could have. I find that this really starts to open people up because you're immediately saying, I acknowledge you. I acknowledge that you know stuff I don't. And all of a sudden, it's like we're, we're starting to get real with each other. And I, th- I think that's important. In many ways, you do, you're doing what I, can, what I call cutting someone's key. Somebody's got a very focused, steadfast, let's go in this direction. And you're immediately saying, whoa, let's go over here. Which raises a question. Okay, so I have a question for you guys. Do you think that we're afraid to connect with one another? Much like when we walk past someone on the street who may be homeless or who may be having trouble and we can sense it, you know, because we are all interconnected and that's the whole point of our roundtable is to show that interconnectedness. Because we are all deeply intertwined, the way we become connected is through sound, through our words and through our eyes and through our touch. So we're afraid to make eye contact because as soon as we do, we travel into the realms of each other's universes. So we don't want to do that because it's too much pain. If we feel like the homeless person has too much pain, we don't want to connect with that. Or we, we feel ashamed to connect with that because maybe we feel guilty because we're not homeless. There's so much. Are we afraid to truly know how we are doing? I, I had an interesting, I saw you lean in, Matt. So I, what that actually um, highlights what I wanted to say and that you spoke to, Fawn. There's something about reteaching ourselves to notice the nonverbal. So like even now I saw Matt lean towards the microphone, right? And so that was a cue to me to be like, I want to be aware. I want to I wanna notice and I'd like to give Matt a moment as well. We both were responding to your question. And so I just wanted to say I have a story that encompasses almost the whole part of your question, Fawn. And um, it, it was around... Um, I was walking down the street in my neighborhood here and there there were a couple of homeless folks. I'm familiar with them because that was their spot. I'm familiar with this couple and um, I, I saw them asking folks in front of me and this was before pandemic times and so we were all just kind of wandering around and clustered in our groups and going on our merry way. Um, I saw them I saw this homeless couple ask folks, hey, do you have anything to, to help us out with tonight? And people would ignore or people would just kind of keep going going forward and, and not acknowledge it all. And then it came to us. I was in a group, there were three of us walking across the sidewalk and they asked us anything that we can, anything that we can help with tonight. And my companion said, I'm sorry, not, to, not tonight. Um, and I, I said the same thing I, and I said, no, not tonight. I'm sorry. And the homeless fellow was just like, you're not sorry. You're not sorry. Don't say that to me. You're not sorry. And it made me so uncomfortable because he couldn't have known this, of course, but I had literally just been told about a financial disaster that I'm experiencing in my own life. And I 
had no money. <laughs> I had not a penny to rub together to share with this individual. But for me to, I literally, and I, I literally was apologizing for myself and for the situation and that I couldn't offer this to this gentleman, but he wouldn't, that wasn't in the realm. We were not connecting on that level. And so, yes, I just, I just want to say that there's so many layers behind our words and noticing, like I said, to start this whole thing off, noticing the nonverbal, noticing tone, noticing body language and posture, um, and being aware, being aware, aware of what your own stuff is in the moment. This man, very difficult life. I absolutely understand that. So he was lashing out at me coming from his experience. And I was, I responded because of my experience. And so, but we missed each other completely. We really didn't hear that we were actually both in pain. But I think that both of you still had an interaction, which is what most people do not. He needed to express to all the people that were not sorry, mm. that said whatever they said. He needed to express that. Yeah. And you also expressed to him what you are feeling and had to really tell yourself, Hey, I am also going through this. So in a way you didn't push anything out and neither did he. So I still see, I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but I still hearing that story of yours, KJ, I can see that there was an interaction. There was still a dance between you and it was human. Mm -hmm. It was not like, it was not, um, sorry, our computer battery just made a sound. So now I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> it was on. Let me just, okay. Yes. Did you catch, did you remember? I was just going to kind of bring you back to what you were saying. No, was, go ahead. Go ahead, Brooke. What were you going to say? Like the, the bottom line is there are people that like KJ, you put yourself out there. You were really feeling pain for that gentleman and and knowing what you do for a living and how you, you know, you want to help people. I think sometimes people get more worried about being treated that way, Fawn, and that's why they don't interact. I think sometimes a story like with, with what KJ just shared, you know, I had, I had a very um, kind of strange story when I was a child. We were on a trip and I went to a Catholic school. So one of the priests were running the trip and there was a homeless man and I wanted to give the man money. And I was probably like, I was elementary school. I was little, like maybe fifth grade, something like that. And the priest said, no, you can't do that, but you can give him food if you'd like, like, I can't let you, you know, and I will take it to him. Like you can't get off the bus. And I said, so I got everybody on the bus to, to give me their food. Like I went around, I said, just give me the food. Like, and I went out and it, it wasn't, the like I thought I was doing something great the man wanted money not food so it's and I'm not saying this because I disagree with what you're saying Fawn I think what you're saying is very powerful but I think there's a lot of people that have stories that they've tried to do something good or they did do something good that's another word for me tried I hate that word um but then they get swatted and they go ooh. And if you're not someone that's ready to come back for round two, or you don't have an open mind, or um, 
you know, that desire, like you sort of hold on to certain things. So maybe the, the change for us all is like, maybe we give it a second chance. You know, maybe the, the, the background is even if it hasn't gone exactly the way you wanted it to go the first time around, maybe that next time you'll actually make a difference in someone's life and it'll cause a different reaction. But, you know, I think we live that way all the time with things that, you know, we get stuck in what our past has shown us and we forget that it's okay to move past that and do something new. And also it, it's just beyond our past experiences. I think it's just what I was trying to say was at least there's an interaction. I think that needs to be the first step is it has to be an interaction. The, in, the transaction may not have been financial, but there was a transaction that occurred with KJ and this man and it was two humans together. Now it may not have been what the man was wanting and you know and it's definitely not what kj wanted but there was an interaction instead of ignoring one another instead of pretending that person doesn't exist there wasn't there was an interaction there was a communication and i what i was trying to say was that's a great first step and and it also made me think what country is it does anyone know there's a country where if you truly don't have anything to provide someone and someone is begging, you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Mm-hmm. It's not the Hawaiian one. It's, it's, I, I want to say, is it the Philippines? Like if you don't have money to give, you say, I'm sorry, sir, please forgive me. But like just the whole forgiveness thing, like to say, please forgive me. I've tried that like moments when I had no money and I say, please forgive me. And I look at the person's eyes. They're probably surprised. One is I'm, what I'm guessing. But it was not the normal interaction. It was like they kind of paused and like were like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Instead of just ignoring one another. And it's not just with homeless people. It's with one another. It's just we're, in a way we're ignoring each other by saying, how are you doing? You know, and not even, not even like pausing for a response or if there's a response looking annoyed. I think, um, I think the beautiful thing about, um, what you're on about, like interacting, say with like the homeless person and it not being what someone sometimes maybe expects, like, first of all, that's expectations and that's Mm -hmm. that own person's expectation of it going beautifully. And then secondly, um, when it doesn't go as like one expects or it doesn't go, um, the outcome isn't like beautiful. The main thing to know for me personally, how I do it, main thing I know is that it was a test. And if I pass that test and even like how hard that struggle was just doing maybe a simple chat or whatever and confrontation, if I kept challenging my um reactions if they want to be like frustration and intolerance and impatience if i keep challenging my mind and going with tolerance and patience and love and stuff like that even if the outcome is by the end of it not amazing i did my best and that's all that matters and that is that's perfect isn't it that's like the best outcome that can come really it's not meant to be a good outcome but it's meant to be like a test for self 
and how I act in that moment. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting way of thinking about it for sure. I think like even now, like the fact that we're having a conversation about things that happened a long time ago, that connection, that interaction has led us to having a conversation such as this. So I think just that, that, that connection at that point in time. And we all mm. do look at things. We all do have our own assumptions and different lenses by which we connect with people. And sometimes we want to connect and sometimes we don't want to connect. You know, there's times when I would say I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. If I go to a networking event, I have to put my extrovert head on and I'm connecting with everybody in that room. There's other times when I'm walking down the street and I don't want to I put my invisibility cloak on because I don't want to in interact with anybody. So I think it, it, sometimes it's about that choice. And and being able to read, being able to read the room, being able to read the body language, being able to give people space and that pause to allow people to to speak. Because sometimes we want to fill that space when we ask somebody how they are, and then they, maybe they don't say anything at all. And That's I think sometimes just it's giving people that space to to you, breathe and think. And you guys, this is why I stay home a lot. Pandemic aside, is Matt? Is it not true? If I feel off psychically. I'm like, I can't go out today because I don't have the capability to interact in situations that may throw me off guard. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, I, I just don't know. And right. so like, I have a, a brief little story of like people ignoring me. I have many stories of people ignoring me, which qu happens quite a lot. I don't know why I can say and point to racism. So I remember I was eight months pregnant and I was on a photo shoot and it was in Seattle and it was pouring rain and my equipment, I have cases and cases of equipment. So I'm eight months pregnant, carrying all the equipment myself. Now I had a dolly, you know, but it's still heavy stuff. It's, it's a lot of work. If you're on a photo shoot, you need a team with you. It was just me and little L inside of me, but it was pouring rain and I was in this, uh, part of a building. I was photographing for a pretty well-known architect and I had access to the building. I had all the security, whatever, all the measures. And then I saw all these other architects that were on the grounds and they looked very official. They were in their suits and, you know, they were walking and it was all the men and they were quite not too far away, but enough for them to hear my voice. I couldn't lift the dolly and all my equipment up over this one step to leave the building. Like the building hadn't been uh, completely finished being made. So I was in like part of the construction area and I really needed help and things were slippery because of all the rain and everything. And you know, I, I look at some people and I could tell the way they ignore me. They know I'm there, but they ignore me. Like I can, I know they know and are aware of my presence, especially when I say, excuse me, sir. And I could tell like they were trying to look at me, but they didn't want to look at me because they probably thought because of the way I look that I was a servant, a maid, whatever person that they feel like they can ignore and it's socially acceptable um and so i noticed that that was happening 
I'm like, excuse me, sir, can you help me lift this equipment? Can you help me? And he looked at me, the one of the men, the others didn't even bother to look. They kept walking and he grunted. And I think he grunted like, no, like it, it was, I, and they kept walking. And I thought, well, isn't this a bitch? Like <laughs> it took me forever to figure out how to lift all my equipment up and over this one step. Eight months pregnant. You're making me feel bad that I wasn't there. You were working, Matt. I went on lots of photo shoots without you. I know. It's not for you to feel bad. What I'm trying to say is, you know, even if that, if all the men had looked at me and just said, oh my, like, just stop. Like, obviously they didn't have the capacity to get over their racism. Or if it wasn't racism, they didn't have the ability to like stop and say, oh, wow, we're, we're under this time constraint and we can't even give an, another human being a second of uh, help. Or even if the help is, sorry, we see you. We have to run. We're really sorry. We'll try to figure something out. Just like say something to me as a human being. And I think that's one of the problems these days. I don't know why all this has occurred. I don't know why everyone is suddenly so busy and so wrapped up in their own thing that we can't truly hear one another to really know how we are doing or to even offer help. And that help could have been just a look like, oh man, I see what you're, what you're up against hold on, let me figure something out. Or let me, guys, like there was like five men. I'm sure they could have just easily taken 10 seconds of their time to lift one suitcase of lighting equipment. You know what I mean? Like, uh, everyone's quiet. Am I sounding crazy? No, no, no. But I I think there's a wide variety of emotions that go into it that people get wrapped up in. Because... You know, I, I like to ride my bike and when somebody's got a flat and you, you know, you ask them if they need help, sometimes they'll just be like, Pff, and they'll make you feel stupid for offering to help them. So I've gotten to a place now where I'm like, all right, man, rock on. But like, you have to be in that frame of mind. You know, I'm being helpful. They don't want it. And that's cool. Not, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to, I'm offering help. They say, uh, and I back away. You know, it's, it's a different mindset. It's, it's again, this kind of, it's, it's belligerent on some level, but it's a benevolent belligerence. Like, I just like the word belligerent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to tell you a quick story I had last week that kind of follows the same suit. I was trying to find a venue for one of our couples and similar to what you're talking about, like you, you wonder what's going on in someone else's world where they're so detached from the conversation or the situation And now it looks like to me, like, okay, I'm just going to ask. So this one gentleman, I said, oh, you know, I need some information. We want to send some clients your way. It was a venue. And he's like, I, I can't talk to you right now. I don't have time for this. I don't have to. I went, I'm sorry. Let me just make myself clear. I want to send you business. Do you not want me to send you business? Because I can move on to the other 15 right in the air. And he went, Dang, I'm so girl. Sorry. Nice. You're strong. such a badass. Like Brooke, I love that. <laughs> nice. But it was switching his mentality. He had something so important. And who knows? His wife could have been in labor for all I knew. All I knew. But he wasn't giving me the response. So finally, I just stopped it and said, let me ask you a question. If you don't want this, that's fine. 
I'll find somebody who does. But sometimes I think I used to analyze every situation and now I've decided there really is no time for the analyzing of everything. It's let me just ask the question. Let me figure out what's going on. And had I been there and saw that fawn, I would have went right up to those people and said, are you kidding me? She's eight months pregnant and you can't give her a hand. Shame on you. And I bet every one of those people would have came over and helped you. Like sometimes they just need to be reminded that that's just, that's just unkind. Mm -hmm. That's not nice. Be kind. There's a mindlessness involved, a carelessness. Um, Some of it, Beth touched on it. Some of of it is habit and we may not even understand that we are doing it. It's so deeply embedded in our patterns, in our patterning and, and in our models. If, our entire family speaks this way, and this is the exchange that happens in our family. It might be very easy to and comfortable to sit back in, like, well, that's just that's just that's just our way. But but forgetting to explain or or have the the capacity to see, but it's not just this one definition. There are more people involved. Uh, but so that's what I've noticed. That there's like this impulse and pattern and habit more than anything. So, hi, how are you? It's There is no pause because it's not even just hi. The whole greeting is actually, hi, how are you? It's not an actual, I, I've noticed more often than anything, and I guess it's because it's what I do for a living. I literally want to know how you are. <laughs> so I won't ask that question unless we're sitting side, you know, sitting in a in a conversational space and I'll ask you, how are you? But it, I can understand how folks might develop this as it's a mindless thing. It's just what you do. We yeah. we say that in England, don't we, Beth? Instead of hi, we sometimes go, how's it going? And that just means hi. Don't We don't want a response. It's just hi. It's our greeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like, I, I, I like, yeah, go for it. No, I was going to say, I do, I do think like what KJ is saying, I think unless you're willing to hear the answer, maybe you, mm-hmm. you want to. Don't ask it. In, don't ask it or yeah, say yeah. something else. Say something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. You know, if you're not willing to get the real answer. You know what? I think so, was, what KJ was, was um, going kind of deeper into like, you were saying it's something like deeply rooted in us. I think like, um, doing like that thing with ignoring fawn about being pregnant and helping her and stuff and all that kind of stuff, ignoring people and not wanting to know. I think the main thing it comes from is just the fear of ego, of your ego self losing like parts of itself, its identity, its pride, its strength. Your ego doesn't want to lose it. And that's so like ingrained into us as a human being you know, that's one of like the, the challenges of, of being a human being, isn't it? Is to try and let go of the ego, which is not positive. I was going to say, it is so much fun. And I probably, okay, the following I'm about to say is so much fun for me. Um, <laughs> and I got to this state because I have been burned so many times by people and Instead of like turning into a curmudgeon and joining the gang and joining people and being heartless and not compassionate, I kind of went the opposite way. And I was going to say, it's so much fun not to care. And okay, this is going to sound wrong, but bear with me. By not caring, what I mean is I don't care about the norms of our society 
I have actually stopped asking people how they are. I will point stuff out. I'll see a stranger and go, are you in pain? Like, are you, you know, like, I won't say, are you okay? But I'm like, are you, or if I sense like they need a glass of water, I'm just like, here, drink this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously not to a stranger on the street, but you you get the gist of what I'm saying. And just taking this automatic autopilot and destroying it and using words that people aren't uh, aren't um expecting you know like going up to strangers and saying damn you look beautiful you don't even know them who cares but they look beautiful or you know like if someone obviously needs help you know they need help don't ask them just do it a long time ago i read this article and I was meant to read this article because a couple weeks later, something happened. And it was because I read this article, it made me do the following. So the article was about these women. I think they were in, Paul, I think they were in Thailand. I don't remember what country actually, but they were traveling. And there was another woman traveling. And there was an accident, um, like a tourism sort of thing where this woman's husband died in a tragic accident. And she was obviously grief-stricken and in shock. And there were these two other women that were on the outskirts of her life. Like, they didn't know each other, but they witnessed what this woman went through. And the government somehow was trying to have this woman sign a waiver saying, to basically... Um, release any kind of responsibility from the tourism board or whatever it was that caused the death of her husband. And because this woman was experiencing so much shock and grief, she was about to sign this thing. And these women who didn't know her were trying to say, hey, are you okay? And of course, the woman would push them. She, the woman pushes them away. And this article went on and on about how this woman kept pushing them away and wouldn't accept any help and actually told the women, leave me alone. But they didn't because they knew she needed help and they didn't and they persevered and they made sure she didn't sign. And the point of the article was when people are in pain, they may not even know, they, they don't know how to ask for help. They don't even, even if they do know to ask for help, they don't know how to ask or what to ask for so if you're aware of something just be present and don't give up so when i read this article two weeks later uh, we had just moved into this house in, on bainbridge island bainbridge island is a place it's a little island between seattle and basically the other part of the part of the continent <laughs> or whatever you call it what do you call it it's a little island that kind of um, people drive through. It looks like foresty. It's a foresty area, but very unconcerned people live there. Like, I am appalled by the kind of personality, the kind of culture that exists there. We lived there for a few years, and the, it was really the catalyst that created the whole friendship movement because of the way people behaved when we moved there, there was a house across the way. We lived in this foresty area and an older couple lived there. And somehow through gossip, because that's how people communicated, it was just pure gossip. 
the gossip was, oh, uh, Mr. Palmer has Alzheimer's. And, you know, I'm like, well, okay. Well, I'm glad I got that information. I didn't know. So one day I was coming home from a photo shoot and the sun was setting. It's in the forest and it's getting dark. And we didn't have sidewalks. So like there are like slippery roads, windy roads. And I see Mr. Palmer walking in the other direction from his house. And looking at his body language, I could tell he doesn't know where he is. And I had never met him before. It was just pure gossip that I found out these people have this situation going on. So I stopped the car, I rolled the window, and I start yelling, Mr. Palmer, hi, this is Vaughn, I'm your neighbor. Are you headed home? And he looked at me like so thankfully, but like I could tell he was confused. He's like, yeah, I want to go home. I'm like, jump on in. I'm headed in that direction, you know, like, so I, I made him get in the car and I del- delivered him to his wife, Sylvia. And it was the first time we ever met. And it was a few weeks after that, that he actually passed away. Right, Matt? And, yeah. And we were the only ones that were new to that whole neighborhood. People had known each other for decades no one helped nobody helped and it was because i read that article because i was brave enough and couldn't care less enough to care what people would yell at me about like go away i don't want you leave me alone i don't care i'm still gonna step in there and be pushy if pushy is the right word but like you know matt was out there at three in the morning trying to revive mr palmer the night he passed away and none of the other neighbors helped they could see all the fire trucks and all the ambulances and all the commotion and you know they're watching it because they gossiped like nobody's business and nobody came to help the next day nobody came to see if she was okay the day after that the day after that the week after that ever Mm. that needs to stop I'm sorry, long about windy tirade, is that the word? Tirade's a good word. No, but it's good. It's good that you bring this up because maybe now whoever's listening to this roundtable, you know, all of us have our certain take on things, but hopefully someone, which is why we put, you know, why we joined to do this anyway was to give everybody a little bit of a different impression so that way maybe you've reached somebody at a whole different level today that never even realized that they were doing something so rude or and i'll use the word rude because that your story that's horrible that's rude um to me at least um i think that sometimes people don't realize that other people need just a bit of kindness and they need to get out of their own way and, and give it to them so hopefully you know, if anything, like people listening to today's show got that from your stories and from the questions that you've asked us. And, you know, it's certainly making me think of things that I could do better in my world, for sure. So I hope other people get that same experience. And what I'm saying is, you know, thanks, Brooke. Um, And also, if you feel like you don't have the capacity, you don't have it in you to step outside and you can't handle something then take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, I mean, of course. Beth, we all talk about this, right? And people call mm. it, uh, what do you call it, Beth? 
And KJ, we always talk about this. It's a uh, self-care. Self-care, boundaries, <laughs> self-compassion. Yeah. Fawn, do you do you think you have a problem, Fawn, if you couldn't remember the word self-care oh, for yourself? <laughs> Brooke, when I hear self-care, I feel rage. <laughs> Listen, I think we're all on the same point. Same, same point in life. Mm-hmm. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just... You know, just taking it back to how are you, I'm going to go around. Let's think of a different greeting we could have instead of how are you. You know, one of my favorite movies that uh, I have lots of favorite movies, but there's one. And each movie that I love, I have watched probably how many times, Matt? Like maybe in the too many triple digits, you guys, it's possible because it's been years, (laughs) right? And so, and some of the movies become like signs from the universe for me and also music. Like I have a relationship with Ray Charles. I have been in remote areas without electricity and Ray Charles will come on. And every time Ray Charles comes on something crazy, 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 miraculous transpires. It is off the wall, like amazing. So one of the movies is uh, Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> and, oh my God, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, there's a scene where Eddie Murphy comes up to these little girls that are sta- that, that are sitting um, at the front steps. He, he, he comes close to them. He's like, I have a date with Lisa today. You know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that scene, but he finally gets a date with the woman he's in love That's with. That's awesome. Do you know what I mean? Like, he That's didn't know so these awesome. kids. They, these kids don't know him. He just comes in. He's like, I have a date with Lisa today. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so happy. And you know what? That is a perfect substitution for, hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's just quickly, be, um, and that'll be the way we close the show off today. Let's come up with some new way to greet each other. And having said that, I have no idea what I would say because it changes every time. But like, let's think of a different greeting. Well, I have to say when I'm on a Zoom chat, I can just be like, Paul, I see you. Exactly. I like that. That's nice. That's deep as well. Yes. Like, yeah, I see you. I like that. That's cool. Me, like sometimes I'll just go to my mates and we'll do like we won't do like the tie bow. The ties, you know, they hold their hands and then the closer it is to your forehead, the more respect they have for you and stuff. I'll do like that fancy twirl, you know, what I'm on about. So you get one one hand and you do like the little fancy twirl and the other one's like stretched out back. Oh my god, down. that is oh, so cute. <laughs> only if we're playing, if it's like two mates, we know each other well and we're playing around. We'll do stuff like that. That's nice. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, Paul, I think I'm getting a crush on you. <laughs> uh, I see. Because that is adorable. <laughs> that is adorable. <laughs> Matt, remember we would go to that vegan buffet and that one woman that would help us every time would curtsy. And she was not English, British or anything. She was awesome. She would curtsy, you guys, like the full-blown, every time she saw us, every time. So if in, this, in the course of an hour, she would see us, what, like 10 times? 
15 times. Yeah, but every time we said something nice, like, oh my God, thank you for bringing us water, bam, curtsy. Curtsy. Full well, blown curtsy. Nice. Like, full blown. Bringing it back. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was amazing. It kind of goes along with what Paul just demonstrated, you know? No, no, no. Ab- absolutely. I see you, Paul. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's what I'm going to do from now on, I'm going to applaud. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I do do that sometimes, though. I do. do Somebody that I haven't seen for a while, I will be like so excited and like. Let's do it to strangers we've never met. Down and do that. Uh Yeah, Yeah, my mum, my sister do that. Me and my dad, we do it different though. The males in the family, we like rub our hands when we get excited. Nice. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think I'm just going to go up and just randomly like, hi, touch them. Hi. Well, I guess you know after COVID, of course they might they might get me arrested. You know what? This crazy I like lady's that. coming near us. I like that. Hi. 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 Like how can you ignore me? You right can't. here. Hi. Oh my God, I love it. It's now simple. you look like a cheerleading cheerleader, uh, <laughs> driving a helicopter, driving, flying. <laughs> it all made sense to me, Fawn. I knew what you meant. Thank you. <laughs> KJ, it's your turn. No pressure. Yeah, I had a couple responses, but um, because I too, I'm very tactile. So Brooke, I'm I'm with your sister. I I I love to just even just uh, pat someone on the shoulder. But I also realize that that there are all sorts of boundaries that could come up for that and COVID. So (laughs) having not touching, not the tactile piece, um, I this could be good for you, Fawn, when you're like not sure what to say in the moment because it changes all the time. I look for a color that either they're wearing or is around them. And I comment on the color. That yellow is fantastic on you. I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You guys. We don't do that enough with, with strangers. We don't compliment people enough. No. That's why, why I said not? you have to be courageous, mm-hmm. right? Just jump in there and not care. Not care, Absolutely. meaning don't care about the insecurities or whatever. They're, you're going to get told, just don't care. Just go for it. Right? Especially and it, if they're wearing mustard. <laughs> Love a bit of mustard. Are you talking about real mustard or the color? I'm not much of a fan of the real mustard, but the color, that's all right. Don't mind a bit of that. <laughs> Paul, don't it's the be color alarmed. of the sun. Don't be alarmed when all of us show up on the next call in mustard. I won't know what to say. I will be on the floor just like having some kind of, I don't know, fit. epiphany dream. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to say fit. I was like, I don't know if I should use that word. But yeah, okay, fit. I'll be having a fit. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Can you imagine? I mustard trousers in a, in a think about 1996, but I don't I think that's the extent of my mustard wardrobe. Yeah. Oh, no. my that's God. great. Must, must have been in back then, maybe. I don't know. Let's all meet in Greece on the beach, all of us wearing mustard bikinis or swimsuits. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Paul and bikinis. Yeah. Okay. Thank it. you. If it's mustard color, I'll wear it. I don't mind. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Thank you for. I um. I love how this all came together and i guess now coming to a close i want to say how do we 
you know, I always laugh because when I want to say goodbye, it takes me a good 30, 35 minutes to finally end something. To like, even when you come to our house and we're leaving, we'll probably spend 45 minutes at the door saying goodbye like a million times. But it's really interesting how we say goodbye to each other. I like how Brazilians do it because they don't just wave their hand like, okay, bye. They, they, uh, they clasp their, they, they like bring it in, you know, like a baby does, like, you know what I mean? So it's not pushing you away. It's like actually receiving it, accepting it. That's the exact word I was looking for. (laughs) Receiving, accepting. Yeah. And that's the way we'll close the show today in just receiving and accepting and and just being so thankful for our companionship. Mm. Who knows what we're going to talk about next week in a few days? What are we <laughs> going to say? <laughs> oh, we should do video. Everyone everyone is doing that gesture, the Brazilian <laughs> goodbye. All right, everybody, friends, thank you for listening. If you want to talk to any one of us, we're all here for you. You can go to our friendlyworldpodcast.com KJ is there Brooke is there Beth is there Paul is there there are other people there too if um, you need someone to talk to we are here at all times right everybody? absolutely thank you for listening thank Uh, you everybody thanks everybody thank you see you in a few days (laughs) bye 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 bye